The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we are striving to be your nation's public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today we're going to be talking about more the grow side for... Folks who are in the real estate business and are wondering, is this all there is? Is me getting up in the morning every morning and doing the work to find the deals and find the buyers for the deals and examine the deals and make offers and rehab and deal with the tenants? Is this is this the rest of my life? Am I going to be doing the same stuff every single solitary day for the rest of my life? And the resounding answer that you're going to get today is going to be, no, automate the stupid thing. Stop being the real estate investor from the 1970s who is still using paper MLS books and carrying offers around in their car to real estate agents and doesn't have any assistance or help in what they are doing. My guest today is Tracy Kaywood. Tracy left a Fortune 500 job in the late 1990s to seek fame and fortune in the real estate business and ended up being a master of buying properties without using her own money and then reselling them immediately for profit, known to those of us in here in Flyover Country as wholesaling. Uh, she is one of the 15 featured speakers at the 2017 OREA National Real Estate Strategy Summit coming up November 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th here in the Cincinnati area. And she is joining us by phone from her home in Jacksonville. Tracy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina. Thank you for having me today. I'm, a, I'm excited to be here and share some some knowledge with you and your listeners. Yes, and I and I appreciate you you being on today. Um, when I sent out the the email that folks who have bothered to sign up at realliferealestate.com to get a reminder that the show is coming on, all got. Uh, I said, you know, I, I I get a lot of I get a lot of pitches from a lot of people during the course of a year who say, well, my business is completely turnkey and it's automated and it's this and it's that. And I say, okay, so how many deals did you do last week? And they say, oh, well, I'm really more focused on my speaking career right now. <laughs> so <laughs> in other words, they, 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 you know, they're, they're going out and teaching other people to do something that they themselves are not doing. So I really appreciate it 
when I meet somebody like yourself who is, yes, teaching, but also very much still doing. So before we get into that piece of it about the automation, um, can you just give us a little background on what it was that made you decide that you were going to quit a really good job and go into real estate full time? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if any job is a really good job. If it's a job, <laughs> really good job. Oh, okay. So, um, well, it was only, this was 1998 when I decided to quit. So I was 25 years old and I'm a little bit of a rebel. So I don't like, you know, you hear the same thing from people. Like, I don't like being told what to do and I don't like the nine to five. That was me. And that was my cookie cutter attitude towards getting up and going to work. And I tried so many things. I had no idea about real estate whatsoever. I've never even, you know, ventured into that arena. Internet wasn't as prevalent then as it is now. I had, you know, dial-up still, dial-up internet, the AOL, bing, 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 you're connected uh, internet. So it, was, it wasn't quite as plentiful, the information. Uh, so I tried so many things before I discovered real estate, like the scams, mail order scams and work at home things and nothing was working out and I saw the Carlton Sheets infomercial. Yes. That's how I, you know, discovered this business and didn't even have $199 to buy the the course. Um, asked my husband's mother for that's what we wanted for Christmas because him and I were doing this venture together just trying to, you know, get out of the rat race and she bought it for us. And I took the whole Carlton Sheets No Money Down cassette tape course and couldn't understand a lick of it. I didn't know what owner financing was or mortgages. I just could not understand this lingo. I had never been around this uh, business before. So, uh, But real estate, you know, that, that definitely captured my attention. And I felt like this was finally something legitimate. And we just started, you know, seeking out the other avenues, the other, you know, paths that we could take in real estate and we found a $69 course and a three ring binder from Kevin Myers. Um, it was a mail order course. We ordered it from, you know, I think we found it in a newspaper somewhere and followed his instructions. Just kind of had blind faith. Didn't even know what we were doing. Never heard of the term whole feeling. Just followed his instructions step by step, just like, you know, people should do now. Uh, just, you know, know that it worked, have validation. And, you know, eventually it took us about 90 days uh, before we got our first property under contract. It was a duplex, came off a code violation list, and we sold it, you know, relatively quickly and made $1,200 on an assignment fee. And that was our, that was validation for me. That was the shut up check. And I quit my job. Hmm. And that wasn't the best idea at the time. $1,200 and you quit your job? <laughs> yes, I did. I quit my job uh, because I said, and, you know, that was pretty easy. Um, if I can do it one time, then I can certainly do this again. I can just keep doing it over and over. Well, I had no idea, you know, that that's not exactly how it works. You know, it's not that easy. I had no plan of how I was going to do it. Uh, but I struggled for several years uh, with finding my next deal, just trying to, you know, trying to get to the next check and marketing dollars and budgeting and how to run the business and struggling. Every time, you know, we close a deal, we, we were still young and just didn't know how to, what to do with this money. Um, but, you know, finally after several years and several, I mean, five to seven, we finally, 
he said, this is not working. You know, we've got to find a way to run our business like a real business. So we started, you know, growing up, maturing and, you know, trying to discover some new ways to, to make this long term. And, you know, like this works. This is paying our bills. This is good money. It's easy. We've got it. You know, we've got the basic principles. Now we need to start changing how we handle everything and start looking for some solutions on how to be organized and be you know, business owners instead of minutia all day. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly, I, I was, I was taking a lot of classes around the same time you were and had the, all the mail order stuff and all the, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted a, a class where you could actually ask the instructor questions, you had to go sit in a classroom with them. There wasn't all this yeah. online webinar back and forth Skype stuff. Right. And so it was. It was a big, big, big commitment to to get your education in place uh, back then, and uh, yeah. much much more so than it is today. And the thing that I discovered after about ten years that n- no one was mentioning was the part about there's the second stage. There's a there's a stage where you build your skills and you figure uh-huh. out how to do it, and you get good at doing it. You become you become a good little self employed person. Uh-huh. Who knows how to do what they're doing. And then there's the second step where you got to figure out how to balance the checkbooks and get the marketing out every week, not just the weeks when you have extra time and, and <laughs> yeah. get, get the get the closing statements filed because eventually the tax people are going to want to know how much you made and, and all of those things that, that uh, what I would say would encompass more of a business type education. And there certainly was no instruction about out there that said, and here is how you stop doing some of the work. Here, here, right. is, how you, here is how you automate uh, part of this work so that it's no, it's no longer your job, and therefore you know it's getting done. Because if it's my job, it's not getting done. If it's someone else's job, it's either getting done or they're fired. So we need to, we need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the wholesaling business, uh, what your take on it is now in the current, quote, hot market, and... Um, how people could go about maybe beginning to automate that business. We're also going to take listener phone calls at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. We can also uh, answer your emails if you'd like to send them to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Tracy Kaywood. Tracy, the Flamingo Kaywood, according, mm. according to her according to her bio at PropertyMob.com. She's <laughs> Tracy, the Flamingo uh, Kaywood. And um, we're talking about uh, wholesaling and, and wholesaling automation. Uh, we've kind of... We kind of beat the wholesaling thing to death here on real life real estate. If you're if you're if you're going wait 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 what's wholesaling? Uh, two suggestions for you. Number one, go back to the podcast at, at realliferealestate.com. There's over 200 shows up there now, and at least a half a dozen of them are about various aspects of the wholesaling business. Uh, so if you need that review, go to the go to the podcast at realliferealestate.com. The other thing that you should uh, definitely be doing is putting the OREA National Real Estate Summit on your calendar because that is uh, November 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th here in Cincinnati. You'll be hearing more about it here on the station in the next couple of weeks because 
Uh, as always, Oria has donated some tickets to the station so that if you uh, sign up through WMKV, you uh, not only get a discounted ticket, but also you get uh, to know that you are supporting so public radio. So like double yay, uh, because Tracy's going to be there. And she is going to cover uh, some of the some of the here's what here's what it is we are automating part of it as well as the automation. But for listeners uh, here today, we're just we're primarily going to talk about automation and what's going on in the market right now. Again, eight seven 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 two nine six five eight five eight. If you'd like to call in any questions, Tracy's wholesaled over nine hundred deals. So if you want to know something about wholesaling, this would be a good time to ask. And in addition to that. Um, you can email at askvena at gmail.com and that's A-S-K-V-E-N-A at gmail. Uh, so, uh, Tracy, there's no, we, we can't really have a conversation about running a wholesaling business without talking about what is going on in the wholesaling market right now. Uh, yes. It's very, very different than it was uh, certainly five years ago, even three years ago. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the place that we have to put our focus has flip-flopped from there's tons of deals but we have to find the few buyers that are out there for them to there's tons of buyers but not so many deals so uh-huh. what, what, what is your take on what what the what the uh focus of the business has to be is it is it even realistic that somebody could enter the wholesaling business at this point or are they just going to be shut out by people like you who are already kind of out there and working uh, well, the market right now is, is very exciting to me. Um, I, I've, I've seen the market change several times in my career as a wholesaler, and it's always fun when it's a when it's a hot market like this because the deals are so easy to sell, and they sell for top dollars, so the checks are big. So I love this market, uh, but it's definitely different than it was five years ago, like you said, and. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on that, you know, was not going on five years ago. So for us, as it, when I say us, I mean, as a team, I have a small team that, you know, we, we work together as a team to get these deals done. That's how we, we automate, you know, the, the closings and our, our properties. But it's to stay focused on our – we have a, a mission statement that we go over every Monday in our meetings, and we make sure our team – we're all on the same page all the time and that is to provide discounted properties to rehabbers and landlords for wholesale prices, cash buyers. I mean, that's, that's our mission statement, and we have a formula that we use. So if we, as soon as we get off track, and, and there's always you know, somebody that's going to get off track and, and try to make a deal out of something that's not really a deal, we end up paying for it. And you know, we're not able to sell a deal, or you know, we get stuck with something that, that isn't sellable. So I think the main thing someone needs to do is plan your work and work your plan and and stay on that plan without veering off. You know, don't get shiny object syndrome in this market because it's easy to do. There's a lot of new terminology that uh, you see online, and it's really wholesaling is is very simple, and it doesn't change with the market. Maybe uh, the concept for me, I've never changed the way I do business. I may change the way I run my business, but the bottom line, the depth of it, is the numbers. The numbers have to work, and 
You have to be able to negotiate your deals with the sellers, and you have to be able to provide good deals to your to your buyers so that they keep coming back to you. As far as competition goes, that's you know a little bit of the, what we struggle with now as a team and doing deals in the two markets that we're in, which is Jacksonville, Florida, and Nashville, Tennessee. It's competition. It's the new people, or even the you know the veterans that are are in the in the market right now. We're competing with them. And the problem we face is, you know, we get outbid on on deals because people are willing to offer more for the property. So we have to remember not to get caught up in the bidding wars and stay true to our numbers and be able to deliver those deals to our buyers so we can sell them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel sometimes sometimes when I when I hear myself saying this. I feel like the little old lady sitting on the standing on the porch, shaking her cane and saying, "You kids get off my lawn." But yeah. <laughs> I just I, I I can't I can't help but find myself lecturing um, both new wholesalers and folks that I've known for a while who've had good businesses up until now about how the fact that the market is hot and that there's a lot of not very educated money out there looking for deals does uh-huh. not give you the right as a wholesaler to sell deals at a hundred cents on the dollar of value, which I see people doing. I mean, you know, a yeah. hundred thousand dollar house needs $30,000 in work. Yeah. It's fair to sell it at 45 instead of 40 because the market's right. hot. But I see people selling at 68. I can't even look at those, Vina. Like I go, I go crazy. I scream inside. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's the seller I was talking to. Oh, mm-hmm. I know who got my deal. I know who got it. They paid way. They paid twenty five thousand dollars more than I did. Yeah, and and it's, you know, it's 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 unfortunate for the buyers who are who are typically being misled about what the value mm-hmm. of the of the deal is. I mean, no no one's paying ninety eight percent of value of a property that they then have to put thirty thousand dollars into on purpose. They're doing it because they don't know any right. better. And right. I, 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 you know, you and I have both seen this cycle happen before. And what happens to the quote wholesalers who are, I don't want to say taking advantage of people because I'm a libertarian and I think the buyers ought to, you know, it's their job to educate themselves. And if they get themselves into trouble that because they don't know any better than to believe lies, then that's kind of on them. But uh-huh. at, at the same time, they're not wholesalers. They're not selling properties at wholesale prices. And as soon as the market turns even a little and deals become more available, they're they're out of business because they yeah, they, they, are. they don't have any serious experienced buyers. Yeah, that's why I said the, the strategy doesn't change when the market does. It's, the numbers really are the same. You just may have you know it's easier to get sellers when you're in a buyer's market. It's easier to get buyers when you're in a seller's market. Mm-hmm. But the numbers the numbers still all work out to be the same. Always tell my acquisition manager that's my girl who goes out and looks at the properties and negotiates the deals with the sellers. Would you buy this with your own money? You know that's how I want her to look at every deal. Would you buy this with your own money and put the money into it that it needs to rehab it and be able to make a profit? You need to look at each deal like you know you're doing this yourself with your own cash, and that's what we want to be able to sell to our investors is good deals that you'd be willing to buy yourself. Mhm. Mhm. Very true. Yeah, the whole the word wholesaler has a meaning. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. business to business transaction, you're not dealing with the end user, you're dealing with the guy who's going to 
who's going to deal with the end user, but in the meantime, right. is going to take some risk of time and money to to reperform the property. And your job is to make deals good enough that you can make money selling to that guy, and he still makes money. Right. So, um, wow. Right, let me let me step off this soapbox. It's getting really high up here. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about automation. Vino. <laughs> automation, right, 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 right. I knew there was a topic today. Um, <laughs> so let let let's talk about the the idea of automating this business of wholesaling, and and start with what does it mean? Because have you, have you heard the sales pitch about I have this software that you just plug into your computer and it buys and sells properties for you while you sleep and you don't have to <laughs> do on, anything? Come on, I've heard that and I've heard um, some some other very ridiculous techniques for automating. And I hate, you know, to get that confused with what, what I provide as far as, you know, an education. That's not what I do. Um, automation, you know, I'd like to refer to it more as like a business organization or a way to actually run this business without you having to do everything. But my idea, um, it all started with me. I got tired of looking at um, ugly houses. I just, I can, you know, remember saying, I don't really want to go look at it. Can we just hire somebody to do that? That's, you know, I remember my mind kind of turning the corner and I just got tired of going to these houses because they are all in need of great repair and they're all smelly and they all, you know, have issues. And I just didn't want to look at them anymore. So, you know, we started finding somebody to be our eyes and take pictures and be able to tell us everything that we needed to know about the property without us being there. Um, so, you know, it kind of snowballed from there and it didn't happen overnight, but you know, over time, you know, a couple of years, it took me, I didn't have a course, you know, to go by. I was doing this all myself and, and just, I like, I'm kind of a do it myself kind of person anyway. I want to figure out how to do things the way I want them done. So, you know, I just created a system inside my business and a little by little just started giving tasks away to other people, starting with, you know, a virtual assistant. Well, I started with the, a prop, I call them property inspectors. They're not licensed property inspectors, but they're our guys that go out and inspect our leads. Um, and a virtual assistant, you know, was probably the biggest investment as far as time and training and money that I've made in the business and the best one ever because the virtual assistant really just, it's really the backbone and just handles everything administrative that needs to be done to run this business. So, so you know, the, vir the virtual assistant is, oh, that's the, that's the heartbeat of wholesaling for me. So the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the the definition of automation to you is not some sort of miracle technology that doesn't exist. It's systems and people to run the systems. Yes, yeah. It's it's me being a business owner, always kind of use the analogy of McDonald's um, and say, you know, Ray Kroc doesn't cook his own hamburgers. I mean, he couldn't produce as many hamburgers as he does if he didn't have people doing it for him. That's the way I look at my business. I can't go out and I don't want to go out and look at 25 properties a week or 30 properties a week or 40 properties a week like I have people out there doing and making, you know, 60 offers. I just can't do that. I don't have that much time. I'm, I'm limited, especially if I'm ordering pot of work and haggling with closings and HUDs and buyers and lockboxes and all these things that we have to do to get to the closing table. 
so it, it's not taught technology at all. I mean, technology is a part of it. It's, you know, technology is wonderful, and I'm a tech head. So I do use it, but it's more about the people and uh, a team that also has the same goals in mind as, as I do. Wonderful. We need to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to answer some questions that have come in via askvina at gmail.com. If you have questions about automating your wholesaling business, or for that matter, I mean, wholesalers do a lot of the same thing anybody else does. You got to always go look at properties and evaluate them and make offers and do closings and all of those sorts of things. So if you have uh, some question about uh, automating any real estate business, Give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Is that Tracy's phone that's yeah, doing that? Oh, okay. Because it, it, like, it sounded like it was raining on her end or something. I don't know. It's, we, we're having a little sound issue over here, Tracy, but I think we got it. I think we got it dealt with. Um, okay. The uh, uh, For listeners who are someplace in the, I don't know, let's call it within a couple of hour drive of Columbus, uh, this is a little bit last minute, but I wanted to remind you all that uh, Cincinnati RIA is co-sponsoring a two-day seminar this weekend about how to invest in real estate and other alternative assets that would be tax liens, mortgages, notes, things like that. In your self-directed IRA or 401k, it is a um, two-day uh, just packed from dawn to dusk uh, class with information on how to do rental deals, lease option deals, defaulted notes, any anything that you've probably already heard about here on Real Life Real Estate, but do it tax-free or tax-deferred in a 401k or a self-directed IRA. Uh, that is open to the public. It is uh, going to be, you know, if you if you don't know that much about real estate, it will not be over your head. Uh, it's pretty pretty uh, in depth explanations of all this stuff, and you can get more information about that at cincinnatiria.com. That's cincinnati r e i a dot com. So, uh, qu- uh, some questions, Tracy, that have come into the email at askvina at gmail.com askvina at gmail.com uh emma says i'm curious about how tracy uh compensates the people that are on her team is it via a salary an hourly wage a buy the deal type of commission or only when things close that's a good question um and they're all paid differently my virtual assistant is on a salary a weekly salary uh main reason for that uh it's not really a nine to five type of job. So, you know, if she gets a task to uh, write a contract for me for a seller at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, you know, we need her to do it because time is of the essence in this business. So she's on a salary. Uh, She gets paid every week. And then our acquisition manager who's working with the sellers, she gets paid uh, by the deal. If it closes a percentage of the profit. So she's our partner in the business. And same thing for sales manager, also gets paid when the deal closes. And property inspectors, we pay by the piecework. So they're, you know, independent contractors. We pay them each time they go look mm-hmm. at a property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Uh, we have a second question here. This one is from Dale, who is in the Atlanta area. 
Uh, Dale says, is your virtual assistant U.S.-based or is it a foreign VA? Uh, She is in the Philippines. Okay. So um, that that brings me to the question that I'm guessing he's going to want to ask next, which is how how did you go about uh, finding a virtual assistant whose grasp of the English language was good enough <laughs> that <laughs> that you had her? I mean, this is this is a common concern, and people don't people don't know because they haven't gotten on Skype and talked to these VAs that a lot of them have less accent than I do. Yeah, <laughs> or me, or me too. Um... It's not easy to find someone with, I, I like to rate the Filipinos on English speaking scale of like one to five, five being perfect, you know, being English is your second language. Um, and even the virtual assistant that I have, I only give her three, you know, I'd only rate her as a three. So her English is not great, but I keep her off the phone as much as possible. I mean, she's not, you know, interacting with my sellers. As a first point of contact, she's not scheduling appointments. You know, they don't really get to talk to her um, until after we're under contract and she's, you know, moving this to the closing. And then it's mainly by email and text message, if possible. I mean, she will get on the phone with them and they have a hard time understanding her. But um, she doesn't she doesn't have to do that very often. I mean, we're we got it. It's, It's very electronic. And the majority of people that we work with do have email or text message you know occasionally we get the 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 little old lady seller who doesn't you know have email or text and she'll have to call her on the phone and she manages she gets by but it is one of the struggles of hiring um, an overseas virtual assistant it's the english barrier if you have if you find one that has four or five star english it's a keeper you know unless she just doesn't have work ethic so i'll take the three star english with high work standards over five-star English that, you know, has excuses all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, uh, we have a question here from Jason that actually you already answered the second part of his question, which was how does she compensate the team members? But the first part of his question is, please ask Tracy to elaborate on the non-VA team members, specifically the positions that handle the dealings with the sellers, the buyers, and the closings. I think you said you had an acquisitions person. Mm-hmm. You have a salesperson. Mm-hmm. The VA handles it, the closings. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And so it's right. literally two, 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 two people want to deal with buyers and want to deal with sellers, and then a different person... Manager. Okay, and then a different person who goes and inspects the properties and makes sure the condition is what you think it is. Right, right. And they're not, you know, those people are independent and they're um, they're not permanent. I mean, those people, you know, they're looking for a little piecework job, so they may do a couple of um, inspections for me and then they flake out and i got to find another one. So I've had a girl in Nashville that she's been with me for two years. She's very good. All of a sudden... She doesn't answer any, you know, doesn't respond anymore. So, you know, then I have to find, got to replace her. So they're kind of like guys you need to put bandit signs out. If you hire people to do bandit signs, uh, you know, they, they like the job for a short period of time and then you got to replace them. Uh, so the property inspectors are, they're kind of Craigslist people. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, I train them. I've got training videos and documents and checklists and everything that they go by. And some of them last for, I, I have more than one. So I um, rotate 
the inspections depending on, you know, how many leads I got that week and how busy he is. And most of these guys, because I, I send them, you know, they may get five or six inspections each a week. They, they're not, they need more income than that. So they're usually doing it based on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Acquisition girl, she handles, now my calls go in through a 24-hour answering service. So that's how all of the, you know, the calls get pre-screened as much as, as much as information as they will give the answering service as possible. Some of them don't give up all their cards on the first phone calls. But my acquisition girl uh, calls, pre-screens, um, determines whether we're going to go out and look at the property because we look at every single property that we make an offer on. We just don't make blind offers and, you know, go back later and beat the sellers up. That's a tactic people use that, oh, that makes me, that'll put me on a soapbox for a long time. But <laughs> we look at every single property. We want to know what kind of repairs we're dealing with. Um, so she does that here locally in Jacksonville and then our property inspectors in Nashville because we're not there. That's where, um, you know, we have rotating property inspectors there and if she's overloaded with inspections we got a backup guy in jacksonville that goes and looks at them here Mm -hmm. uh she does all the negotiating and when it comes if they accept the offer it goes to she just puts a task into our crm and she's kind of out of it at that point we at the assistant prepares the contract sends it for electronic signatures and you know we kind of take over from there The sales manager has nothing to do with any property until it's under contract and we need to start marketing it to our buyers. You know, that's when he comes in and analyzes the deal, looks at all the pictures, the videos, the notes that we have on it, reads all of our notes in the CRM and um, determines the price and starts marketing the property. And he deals directly with the buyers. So acquisition manager, sellers only, sales manager, buyers only. All right. I, I I hate to ask this question because folks who are just like li- listening in kind of casually are going to be like, that was really rude, but y- you'll understand what I'm, why I'm asking this. What do you do? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I really, I say, I tell these people all the time, I'm the go behind person. I'm a micromanager. I make sure that the system is running properly and everybody's doing their job. Because I know exactly how I want the business to be run, so my job is to make sure they're running it like that. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'll review leads and make sure they're making follow-up phone calls. And if I see a spot in the system that needs improvement, which to me it always needs improvement, I'll make the change and we'll start practicing this new this new little thing that I've added in. So I'm a micromanager. That is all I do. I will, you know. Tell my team how to handle problems, and if they need advice, they come to me. And other than that, I'm a I'm a checker upper to make sure everybody is is on task and we're meeting our goals. And I'm a number cruncher. I like to look at data and see. I'm just now looking how to perfect the business and squeeze the most money out of a deal that I can and come up with the most marketing effective marketing campaign. You know, I analyze our marketing campaigns once a month and see what's working and see what's not working and and then relay that information to the assistant like that's next month this is who i want you to mail to and we're taking this list out and putting this one in so i'm kind of like the coach on a football team i just stand on the sidelines and tell everybody where to go so i mean the bottom line is you you aren't a wholesaler you run a business the product of which happens to be wholesale deals 
Now, yes. Mm-hmm. Currently, yes. That is what I do. Okay. I run a wholesaling company. Yeah, which I which I think is I think is where most people want to end up is in that in that somewhat more uh, passive, not out in the dirty properties <laughs> type of position right, right. Where, where you can take a vacation for two weeks and come back and there's actually been deals done. Yeah. So uh, we need to take another quick break. Um, we've got a lot of questions coming in at askvina at gmail.com, but I want to invite anybody else who might have one to try and get it in there. It's uh, running out of time here. Askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Tracy K. Wood, who is... Um, a multi-year veteran of the real estate business and who has reached that pinnacle that many wholesalers never reach because what happens is they get really good at wholesaling and then they decide that they could make more money by doing something else. They, they, they I, I'm going to, I'm going to close the properties and fix them and retail them, or I'm going to start holding them and renting them. And then they do that. that, that that's smart. But then they do something dumb, which is they abandon their wholesaling operation in favor of this other thing instead of automating the wholesaling business, letting it continue to make money, and then going off and chasing their shiny star of the retail deal. I see that happen so I see that happen over and over and over and over again, and I say, why why would you spend all that time? getting together that great marketing and negotiation techniques and all your forms and contracts and spreadsheets and your buyers list. And now you're just like, nah, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> not do it anymore. Automate <laughs> it. Um, so you mentioned Tracy that uh, you just, just this like, like really just an aside that you have a CRM, a uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, customer relationship management database is what I assume you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Where that it, that serves as sort of a um, portal for all of these folks who are working together to let everybody else know what's going on in a deal. Absolutely, everybody has access uh, to the transactions. Um, if it's a lead, then you know only the acquisition manager can see um, her stuff. Uh, but all the notes that are made, everybody can read each other's notes. We can see which tasks are being completed. Um, if something needs attention, we can tag each other just like on Facebook and, you know, we'll get an email notification like, Hey, somebody needs to look at this. Um, all of our contracts and settlement payment, everything's attached in there. It's just, it's fantastic. It's a great uh, communication tool. And I don't know how I ever ran my business. I don't know if I did run it efficiently (laughs) before, but I just, without it, I just can't imagine what, the hell I would, I'm sorry, what do I do without this management system? It just manages everything. Our buyers list is in All of our leads, you know, for seven years are in there. I can follow up to no end and all my marketing campaigns and all the data. It's just, it's fantastic. And all the team members, you know, we all collaborate inside of this software and it just works. It just works nice and smooth. It's fantastic. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know that's that's another issue with a lot of folks who are trying to automate is, okay, but how do I organize all of these people? I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing the work, but I also don't want to be on the phone with them telling them how to do their work all day long mm-hmm. either. So yeah, I, that's, where the, that's where the system comes in. 
how to handle every single situation, every lead. We have a scoring system that when a, a lead comes in, you know, based on the answers that they give, they get a score. And it's our, it's our what we call our pre-screening score. And if they have a score, the highest they can get 75. If they get 15 or higher, they need to pursue that person. If they're lower than 15, you know, they need to look at it a little closer. And so, you know, we're gotten to the point where we don't call everybody back. They need because we get a lot of leads, so we don't want to spend a lot of time on on the phone with retail sellers and you know houses that are listed on the MLS with you know traditional realtors. We just we don't even call them back, and that's all calculated inside of our CRM through. Uh, our scoring rules and and that that has been uh, one of our biggest game changers for our acquisition manager because she was spending a lot of time on the phone and didn't really need to be so Uh that's i love that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh just got a question in from dave who is from the uh canton ohio area uh dave said well congratulations on your success here dave dave says i i am definitely getting to the point where i'm going to need to pull somebody in to help me with either acquisitions or sales but the thing mm-hmm. I worry about is letting someone else learn that much about my business. I'm a little worried that I will <laughs> spend six months paying to train my biggest competitor. How do you handle uh, this? Um, well, I get a non-compete sign, non-compete agreement. Um, and that is always a concern. You know, you're going to teach them how to go out and do your competition. And I've done that. I have, you know, a married couple, because my husband and I work together. Um, you know, we, we own the business together and, we have a married a friends of ours that are, are married. We taught them how to do the business about 12 years ago, and now they're our competition. But it's friendly competition to me. I mean, matter of fact, I just saw a house, um, came through our Flickr album. It was a fire-damaged house, and we lost the deal. Lauren, our acquisition girl, she lost the deal, and then we saw it on their Instagram. So I texted them, like, how much did you get Elderberry for? <laughs> that was <laughs> We were working that deal, so it's it's always a chance that they're not going to be uh, with you forever. I mean, nothing lasts forever. So, you know, and I've I've discovered too, that there's two kinds of people. There's uh, entrepreneurs and then there's what I call worker bees who they need guidance and they need a leader and they need somebody to direct them all the time. And that's really who I would prefer to train on my team is somebody who, who needs leadership and doesn't want to go out and run a business on their own because when you're a wholesaler and you're doing all of these parts and you're you're all of these wheels are in motion it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot to learn and not everybody wants to do that so you know the right person for your team probably doesn't have the end goal in mind to be uh to own their own business Mm -hmm. i mean that's just my thoughts on that but you know it it is a possibility that they would say you know what i know how to do this now i'm going to go out on my own Mm -hmm. and and a strong non-compete will usually stop that kind of person from going to work for you in the first place because if they realize that they're going to have to sign a non-compete agreement then suddenly they're not nearly as interested in coming to work for you as they were to start with so um, let's, uh, we're literally down to like three minutes and half the questions I wanted to ask you are still sitting here unasked. So let me, let me ask you one that, that weighs on my mind a lot. And, and I, and I've, well, will admit I've done this myself. It seems to me like everybody kind of knows about virtual assistants and CRMs and, you know, uh, leverage like that. And yet there are s- 
so many more people who talk about doing it than who actually do automate. Why do you think that is? I think that the process of automating is bigger than it sounds. It's not It's not an overnight process, just like it's the same thing to me, Vina, as when somebody wants to wholesale properties. And they want to do it, but they never start. They never implement things that they need to implement. It's like, you know, I always say, how do you need an elephant one bite at a time? Whether you're trying to get to your first check as a wholesaler or whether you're trying to get to the status of being the business owner, it's they're both elephants and you just have to you just have to start at the beginning. It's you can't automate with, you know, one click. It just doesn't work like that. You have to start from the beginning and find the things that you want to get rid of first and start adding on over time until eventually you're at that spot where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Sure. And there's no one right way. When you were telling the story about how you just got sick of going into, into, uh, sorry, new computer system here. We're uh, having some struggles about which buttons to push. Apparently Uh, (laughs) um, you didn't like going into the ugly houses for, Mm -hmm. for me, that thing was the bookkeeping. If I had to open up QuickBooks one more time and stare <laughs> at those numbers and print those stupid yeah. reports, I was going to eat a bullet. I mean, it, it, I, I absolutely hate that. So my automation actually started with hiring somebody who enjoyed that sort of thing and could keep my books mm-hmm. straight without me spending 40 hours a month doing it. So it, yeah. it's, it's not that you have to do it. <laughs> It's not that you have to do it the way Tracy's done it or the way I do it or the way anybody else has done it, but it is important that you get started as with anything else. So mm-hmm. listeners, if you take nothing else away from this, uh, just put it on your to-do list this week to look at one job you don't like that you would like to uh, get someone else to do and figure out how to do it. We unfortunately are out of time, but you have the opportunity to meet and spend a lot of time with Tracy at the Ohio Rhea uh, National Real Estate Strategy Summit coming up November 9th through 12th. More information about that in the upcoming weeks. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>